This is the Cyclone Fanatic Built to Lead podcast series. Presented by Graphite Construction Group. We build it better. Learn more at graphitegrp.com. Now, here's Chris Williams. What's up, guys? New podcast for you as we enter the weekend. And this, uh, this is a fun one. Actually, we didn't. I mean, we, we didn't go as off the rails as we probably could, and we will at some point. On uh, the number three, on the third installment, that is, of the Built to Weave podcast series here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network, which, as always, is presented by our good friends at Graphite Construction Group. We build it better. Um, I got my good friend and the new head basketball coach of Iowa State, T.J. Otzelberger. Sat down with him. Now, this wasn't as long as a lot of these built to lead pod series usually are. As you can imagine, TJ is slammed right now uh, when it comes to recruiting and um, piecing together the, um, I, I guess, the new roster. That would be a lot of guys to replace, obviously, and they're um, making very good headway. Talk to him about the newcomers and all that. But I also, um, what is the built to lead podcast series about? It is about uh, culture. It is about leadership and all that stuff. And I wanted to get his views on, you know, kind of the, uh, I don't know, like the future of the sport. We talk a lot about the transfer portal, his thoughts on that, uh, leadership when it comes to keeping uh, the play- keeping your players in- intact, right? Keeping your roster intact. How do you do that heading into this new era of college basketball? Talk about that. Uh, his uh, relationships and aims, why this is his dream job, and a whole lot more. I, I think you guys will really enjoy it. I think it's probably a little bit of a different side to TJ. Um, he ribs me a lot, which is totally fine. And um, I really enjoyed doing this. I look forward to bringing you more stuff like this with Coach uh, as things start to calm down. But here it is. It is our uh, third one. So we had Matt Campbell. We had John Haycock. If you've missed those, go back. We're doing these once a month uh, with our friends from the Graphite Construction Group, uh, talking uh, greatly about culture and leadership and all that great stuff. Of course, uh, Coach Otzelberger, uh, our friends at Graphite, are giving $500 per podcast to my guest to a charity of their choice, and you can hear what Coach has to say about that later on in the pod. With that, uh, here it is, uh, my one-on-one with Iowa State head coach, my good friend, TJ Otzelberger. All right, well, uh, I'm up at the Iowa State men's basketball office today. It's a little odd sitting in this office with you. How are you, TJ? <laughs> I'm wonderful, Chris. Uh, I always relish the opportunity to be in your presence um, to to learn and uh, gain insight. So I'm I'm here at a very humble place, looking to get better today. You seem fairly sarcastic in those comments. No, Chris, you know, I've really enjoyed uh, to continue to see your successes and that you've grown into this like big time brand in uh, central Iowa. Yeah. So Thanks. really just just here at a place of extreme humility. When you got hired, actually, it's funny. Somebody oh, it was Matt Van Winkle. Remember when we used to do those videos over, I think, where D-Rob's office is now? Absolutely. We do those like every Monday. It was the talking with TJ segment. Yeah, I do remember. We both look a lot younger than Matt sent that over to me when you got hired. It was it was quite funny. 
Well, I'm fortunate to still have a pretty good amount of hair on my head. <laughs> You're struggling in that department. But, you know, the other thing that it makes me feel better, and it always did when you came up here, is that <laughs> there's not a lot of times in the course of my day that I can have someone that I tower over in my <laughs> office here. So this makes me feel a lot better about myself, like I could take you in the post. Okay, can you grow a beard? Like, are you physically able to grow one? Because... I mean, if you're going to take shots at me, I would like to see you actually, or would it just be the patchy, like, have you ever tried to? You know, we've never gone down that, that uh, road before, and as I look at yours, I probably have a better idea of why I've never tried. So I think it's something Mine's we're going, going to have to... going neck now. <laughs> I think that's something, you know, as you get older, hair starts to show up on the back of your neck and in all these interesting places, so we'll just try to, you know, keep it at that for now. All right, we'll get into... Uh, some important stuff here. Uh, before we do, how's the, I mean, our audience is very educated, so clearly they know what's, you, you've brought in a bunch of guys officially uh, who have already technically signed. Well, not technically, they have. And then a couple, of, or one commit, but how do you how do you think the first three weeks have gone as far as roster building goes? Excited about the guys first that we've kept on the roster here. We've seen an elevated work capacity, a renewed excitement. The guys that have been in the gym, uh, the six guys that have stayed with us, I've been impressed by their desire to get better and, and their excitement of where, where we can take things. And so as you look at a roster, you start with those guys mm -hmm. and then what do we need to add and, and where do we need to supplement? And what was important for us is that we went out and looked at guys that had experience, that had uh, production, um, guys that had great character, work capacity. And we're fortunate, you know, as we're in this, as you mentioned, three weeks or whatever it's been, we've added four transfers that we think can be very impactful to that group of six guys that, that we've kept uh, on the roster. And then with the recommitment of Tyrese Hunter, can't, exp you know, yeah. can't explain in words how huge that is for our program and what he'll mean to us as a point guard of the future. So, um, you know, we've got those 11 guys, and right now we're really excited about where we stand and think we've addressed all the needs, think we got better on the glass, physicality, we shoot the ball better, and so excited to continue adding to that roster. Okay, so I think roster building is the most fascinating storyline in college basketball right now. It's kind of, it's. I mean, it's been evolving. I, I, my opinion as an outsider people are making a little much of like the transfer portal now because it's been growing, right? Like it's not like this is just boom, there's 1300 guys like every year. Goodman keeps track. And as that list every year, it's been getting larger for the last 15 years. So this doesn't come out of nowhere, but what have you learned in your time as a head coach about roster building and like how that's had to evolve and then what you think it will be like. And then we can kind of get into this transfer portal thing, but it, it just seems like it's so different than it was even, you know, 10 years ago when you were here with Fred. Well, the job of every coach is to continue to adapt to whatever the rules are and how the marketplace or things change. And, you know, recruiting is a business, no different than any business in terms of, you know, things are changing, variables are changing, uh, schedules change. And then, as you mentioned, even with the transfer portal, 
I remember when, and it was interesting because Kevin Kruger, uh, who was part of our staff, who's now the head coach at UNLV, was the first ever grad transfer. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. He left uh, Arizona State, where he played for three seasons, to go play for Coach Kruger at UNLV. And I remember how everybody felt like at that time, like, oh, man, you know, this is going to destroy college basketball. Like, I can graduate and go play his last year somewhere else. And, you know, we're in this to help young people reach their dreams and goals and pour into them. And if somebody does a great job academically and finishes their schoolwork, why shouldn't they have that opportunity if they feel like there's a better basketball opportunity elsewhere? And so I think with, with coach Kruger, whether that was like 2007 or whatever year it was, you know, now we're 14 years beyond that. And at that point in time, everybody said, Oh, this is just going to ruin everything. And then I look at my experience as a head coach You know, I had Mike Dom, who's this great player for us at South Dakota State. And even when I came in at the onset, he had looked at transferring. But because he had redshirted his freshman year, it was always in the back of my mind that Mike, after, you know, his fourth year in college, would be able to go on to bigger, better things. And some coaches would have probably, you know, shied away from those conversations. I felt like it was my responsibility every day to make it an awesome experience for Mike to build a great relationship and trust with him as the head coach to, you know, schedule in such a way where we had exciting opportunities for him to play against the best teams we could and make it an experience that couldn't be replicated anywhere else. Like to me, I looked at that as my responsibility. And so even after Mike's, you know, his fourth year at South Dakota state, I went in and said, all right, let's have a conversation. Literally every school in America would love to have you as a graduate transfer every school. Mm -hmm. And you need to know that. And I've worked hard to try to make this an experience for you that can't be replicated somewhere else. But if you feel it's best for you to reach your dreams and your goals by going to another place, who would I be to not support that? He had done right by me every day, you know, as a player. So I look at this thing, like we're in this for young people to, to have choices and, and to have, um, you know, to pick what they think is in their best interest. I've been allowed to do that professionally and we've all, you know, had those mentors and leaders that have supported us. So who would I be to not support that, you know, Mike in that endeavor, if that's what he chose to do. So this, uh, you know, if it passes next, I think it's next Wednesday where the D one council or whatever is meeting about the one-time transfer rule where you can basically, any of these guys can transfer one time, not having to sit out a year, the whole you can't transfer within conference. I mean, that's more of a conference thing, but that seems like it's going away. I mean, you're okay with all this? I think it's great. And the reason I believe that is is I think they should have, or I believe that, that young people should have that choice. When you're being recruited by a school, a lot of times, you know, you look at the puzzle of, you know, recruits and players and you may commit and the roster may be totally different. Maybe they add another guy, they recruit over you, or maybe they, maybe the coaching staff said to you, Hey, we see you as this position and that doesn't come to fruition. I don't think you should feel like you have to be boxed in and you have to stay somewhere Mm -hmm. if you don't feel it's in your best interest. And so I think it puts more responsibility on coaches to be forthcoming and truthful in the recruiting process. I get the whole side of it that says, well, you know, they won't want to fight through adversity or they're going to run. Um, the, The truth is, is a lot of these guys that we're recruiting grow up and whether it's they go to a different high school or prep school or different AAU team and those things, that's part of like their normal. Mm-hmm. And so I understand 
the value in fighting through adversity and, you know, and earning playing time over time. But I also don't think it's my right to be able to tell somebody else uh, what should be important to their family. I think those are very personal choices. So I'm great with it. I think it's, I don't look at it as doom and gloom as many of the coaches do. And I actually feel like we're some think it creates a whole set of problems I think it's a unique challenge for me to make this a fun and exciting environment that guys not only want to stay in but where those transfers want to come to so the the one challenge that I I've also heard coaches say this I got into a spat with a former Iowa player on Twitter about this last night um is that it'll look like um well Frankly, I mean, Fran McCaffrey said something like this that a guy had said to him, it's going to be like AAU because you're going to have all these new players every year. I mean, how do you counteract that? Like, is there a way that you and your coach I, – I get that. When, when there's not as much continuity built up, like, for instance, Fran had last year, right, with this very experienced team that had played together, gotten a ton of reps. How do you counteract that as a coach? for like the chemistry wise and uh, you know, basketball is a very much a chemistry driven game. How do you, how do you fix that? Well, I I think, you know, the main thing is that you really do your homework and research on the young people you bring into your program. Uh, You can build chemistry by being together through the battles over a long period of time. As you mentioned, having a team where you've got a lot of fourth and fifth year players that Mm -hmm. have grown in your program. But as you evaluate, whether it's the transfer portal or any, you know, route of, of bringing in uh, new players, it, it comes down to picking the right guys and finding guys that they're, whether it's their core values or what they stand for is the same as your program. Also getting to know their support network, the people around them and deciding if collectively you can work together to be the support network for that young person. It just, it really is more than anything is, is doing your homework, doing the research, putting the time in as a head coach, I still decide who we're going to offer a scholarship or who we're going to bring into our program. So I look at it like it's, it it ultimately the buck stops with me to bring in the right guys so that we can one year after another, we can continue to put the best product or the best team on the court that we can. But now you can't project quite as far out as you used to be able to. You have to look at yeah. what's in front of us for next year and how can we be our best for next year and then go from there. Okay. Um, I want to get to your staff and um, recruiting stuff. But before we do so another thing I've been thinking a lot about is I think fans and media often will talk about style of play and um, that type of stuff. Maybe – I think it was more fair to do it 10 years ago than it is now. My, my, the reason I say that is if, if we're going to be in a world where we have more transferring, again, my opinion, I think we may be at a bit of a peak. Maybe next year it'll spike a little bit more, but I, I don't ever envision a world where there's like 3,000 guys in the transfer portal, but that's just me. The, the whole style of play thing seems less – prevalent when it comes to like a specific coach than it was even 20 years ago because if you don't have guys for four or five years and we haven't for a while in college basketball because of one and done's transferring has been ticking up right I mean to me you've got to kind of adapt to what you have that particular year or is it a deal where it's like you know one of your mentors uh Tony Bennett like no you come here and you're gonna play you know 
pace in the 300s, and this is what we do. Do you see where I'm going with this? It just seems like it's more flexible than it used to be. I do, and, and you know, you used to be able to look at it and maybe say, hey, we're going to implement our system over time, and, and now I think you have to look at your team. Like for us, we want to be hardworking. We want to be competitive. We want to be tough. Uh, we want to be physical. Those are things, whether it's offensively or defensively, those are going to be pillars of our program. If you look at Virginia and you brought up Tony Bennett, obviously he's made the decision over time that that system, they're going to play that system and recruit to that system regardless of guys' skill set, talent, and ability. They're going to find guys that are willing or want to uh, embrace the system that they play. At the same time, I've been in this program where we've had some really unique offensive players, whether it is a Royce White or a George Niang or guys that have come in that are these mismatched, versatile guys. And when you look at style of play, from my vantage point, you want guys now who are more interchangeable parts because you have to be more adaptive. You can't just say, we're going to play one style because that may not fit the team that we have next year. Mm -hmm. So for us, we're looking at defensively building that that mindset and that toughness and that physicality and, and then working from there. I think we can hang our hat on the defense and then offensively, we're going to play to the strengths and the skill sets of the players that we have on the team in that, in that given season, as opposed to, hey, this is something we're going to do year in and year out, no matter what. And that's really how I see the game is, you know, play hard, physical, aggressive defense, offensively evaluate the strengths of your personnel and put them in position to do the things they do well more often. feels like you were describing Kelsher from Minnesota when you talked about that. I mean, I, I went back and watched some of his film. I mean, a, f a ferocious perimeter defender. What I love about Gabe is he's got that toughness. He's got uh, a mindset if he wants to, you know, be a lockdown guy and takes pride in defense. And then offensively, we think he, we can lock his unlock his potential mm -hmm. uh, where he's playing with freedom, confidence, flowing. He's he's a guy that shot you know, 40% from the three-point line as a freshman in the Big Ten, which is pretty special. And so I know we can put the ball in his hands more. Things can flow a little bit better. But he is really the type of guy we're looking for. I mean, we're so excited to have him, but a guy who's got that size and physicality and toughness defensively and also the creativity and skill level and IQ offensively. Okay, um, I covered him. I, I like the Washington State kid myself. I mean, I, I just love – big dudes who can stretch the floor. What did you see in him as far as potential goes? And I don't even want to try and pronounce it. Al, Al, Al Jazz? Yeah, Al Jazz, or you can just call him Jazz, which is like Jazz? the okay. American nickname is just call him Jazz, which for, for people um, with your level of intellect, I would just <laughs> stick with Jazz. So ultimately, look, why do we recruit Jazz? He fits the same thing that we're looking for. He plays hard. He wants to win. He has defensive versatility. He's had uh, he had a 14 rebound game. He rebounds yeah. and he's a guy that can make shots, but he's not just a shot maker. He's got enough skill uh, to finish around the goal. He's got some athleticism and a guy that, you know, to graduate in three years, um, you know, and have two years left to play, it says a lot about his work ethic and his character. So he fits, uh, you know, exactly what we're looking for. So Robert Jones, uh, let's talk about him, comes over from Denver. I think a lot of fans with him will look at just his stats and go, why, why, why is this a take? Uh, I've talked to you about him, and, and I know what you, what you think about him, but tell the fans, what, what, what impresses you about Robert? A lot of times people can look at the stats of what a guy did on a team and say that equates to the level of success they'd have at a place like this. 
My point is, is that there's some guys, no matter what level they play at, offensively, their niche or their role may be the same. Where Robert fits so well, and I remember the conversation when he and I were on the phone, I said, what makes you special? And he said, I'm going to beat the other team's big man down the floor on offense and on defense every trip. And when you really think about that, I mean, that is winning basketball. And a guy who embraces that every single trip, it seems simple. But that's winning basketball. And I think with Robert, he's got a more defensive, physical mindset. He takes so much pride in getting stops, protecting the rim, keeping guys off the glass. So he's not a guy that you look at and say, hey, we're just going to come down and throw it to him every possession. But we talked about defensively, he helps us get that identity established. And if to have somebody that runs like he does, we want to be a team that when we get stops, turnovers, long rebounds, we push it in transition. How better to do that than have a, a five-man or a center who's going to outrun the other team's big every time? And uh, I, I think that's really special. All right, let's, uh, let's fire up the grill. <laughs> what is it with you and Caleb Grill? You know, like, what, what about this relationship? Yeah, I mean, clearly you have a really good one with him. Yeah, we've got a hat trick here, right? Three times. <laughs> South Dakota State, UNLV, and, and now yeah. back to Iowa State. So, look, Caleb's really special to me. I've seen him, um, his development from watching him even, you know, I believe that was after his sophomore season of high school, becoming familiar with him, starting that recruiting process. Felt like at South Dakota State, I told him when we recruited him, like I thought he could be a conference player of the year type of guy in the Summit League because – toughness competitive you know make shots so obviously I think highly enough of him he let us in minutes played at UNLV this past year Uh, and I think Caleb's just scratching the surface so what fans remember about him even from his experience here he's going to be a totally different player he he's a guy that when he came into Iowa State he was coming off injury and was someone that played every sport right so competitor but he's going right from football where he's still banged up in the basketball in the track well now you know, having the offseason to really work on his game and put his focus on basketball, I think it's going to, you know, it's going to matter. It's going to take his game to a whole nother level and make him much more impactful. So um, excited to see what that looks like and, and get that grill fired up here. <laughs> I remember when when you got the job under Mac, well, you were what, 26? 26. Um, so I want to talk about your staff because I know how important that is. I've watched you evolve from being that hack to – what you are now, which what I, I'll let the fans judge that after uh, like the month of December next year. <laughs> Perfect. Look forward to it. <laughs> um, so I like your staff a lot. I, I've gotten to know them. I know Kyle Green and you go way back. So walk me through that, why he was like the perfect guy for you to bring on from, from you and I. So Kyle is somebody that I had an opportunity when I was a high school coach in Milwaukee to go to practice at Marquette. And to see him, the energy, the enthusiasm, the passion that he has, the connection he had with the players, um, did just a tremendous job. I remember the recruiting class they brought in and was, you know, three guards that were really good, this Jarrell McNeil, Dominic James, and Wes Matthews. And they're all guys that had great professional careers. 
and I saw how Kyle was working with them, how he, you know, he recruited them. Um, he was working with them and it really stood out to me that his ability to, to connect and develop players was elite. And I've learned a lot from Kyle. Um, you know, certainly not only am I younger and better looking, <laughs> but, um, at the same time, we've been, we've been colleagues, we've been peers, we've been competitors, um, you know, and I won't bring up the game that when we played you and I with South Dakota State up uh, in Minneapolis because Kyle's brought it up a couple times, but we won't bring that game up even though we <clears throat> won by 30. Um, but what we will say is that Kyle has this infectious personality. He has ability to build meaningful relationships with people and, and connect. And I just think that he's somebody that gives us veteran experience. He's been a head coach at a few places. He's a great recruiter. He's really dialed in up in the up in Minneapolis and, and throughout the state of Minnesota. So we're we're really fortunate to have someone of his, you know, prowess on staff. So um, you talked a lot about in your opening press conference about recruiting the Midwest. I mean, it the you, you kind of have put your money where your mouth was already i mean if you look if you draw up every guy that you've brought on i mean jazz is really the only one who 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 doesn't fit that and he's from like slovenia so you kind of whiffed on that as far as the geography goes but as you piece together your staff um d rob we'll we'll start we'll, we'll go with him before we get to rj um d rob is a guy so people will say this well he was part of the staff that just got fired why would you retain him how do you answer that well i've had the opportunity to work with d-rob on two occasions and he's somebody that's going to be a head coach he's he's the guy that i've worked with are you real quick are you surprised he's not a head coach yet i kind of i kind of am like that he hasn't gotten more opportunity to do that i am and i you know it's something where for me as a head coach i want to continue to work with him and um i think the main or the best way to, to create head coaching opportunities is success here, right? Is for us to win and us to do well. And yeah. I know that D-Rob and I, you know, we worked so well together as assistants. There's nobody that I've worked as well with and have as much respect. So number one, I, I believe he is a head coach and will be. Um, but right now our focus and our effort and attention is on winning games uh, together at Iowa State. And he's somebody that's a great teacher of the game. He's somebody that, again, going with the player development, that's a big part of who we are as a coaching staff. D-Rob's elite at that. He's a great in-game coach. Uh, he loves Iowa State. He's passionate about Central Iowa. And so for all those reasons, um, you know, we needed to have him on staff. He, we knew that he was a big-time priority, and we're fortunate that he stayed with us. Yeah, and he – you you also talked about this – like you want people who want to be at Iowa state and boy, he, that's him. He loves this place. Well, it was important for me once this opportunity presented itself to come here and meet with him in person, because you can talk about it over the phone, Yeah. but when you see someone's passion, enthusiasm and energy and their desire to be yeah. here, and that became very evident in that first conversation and the synergy that we've had since we've been back has been great. There's nobody I have more respect for professionally than D-Rap, so thrilled to so, have you here. Yeah, and then to, to round out your staff, RJ's a guy who not as many people are, know of. Right, because Kyle's been at UNI forever. Uh, we obviously know D-Rob. Um, tell us a little bit more about R.J. Blunt um, for people who are still kind of getting to know him. Well, it's clear that people don't know him as well because when they do get to know him better, they know that his name is J.R. and not R.J. So, J.R. <laughs> so. Sorry, sorry, R.J. Uh, 
So Jeez. that's good. So that's good though, because you know, Jr. has a chip on his shoulder, and now hopefully that chip can grow even more. But I think I've called him RJ before. Yeah, that's he, not good. No, and I, I think he looks at you as someone who's much older, <laughs> and so he doesn't want to, you know, correct you on it. But uh, we'll do that here now. But one thing I, uh, that came to mind is having somebody on our staff. I remember as I worked here as a young assistant, you brought up the time under Coach McDermott. Sorry, I was just thinking of KJ Blueford. Okay, old school there. Yeah, that is that is uh, <laughs> old school cyclone for sure. Yeah, but that's a trivia question right there for for somebody. But with with Jr. Look, he he's somebody that I felt like having someone on staff. That could be for our coaching staff, maybe what I was for Coach McDermott when I first came on here, which was, you know, recruit like crazy, have great relationships with the players, connect with them, get them better on the court. And JR has that energy and enthusiasm. I got to see him as a high school player uh, in Milwaukee. He was a stud, went out and played at Loyola. He's a guy that has grinded in his coaching career. Started at Wisconsin, Stevens Point in Division Three. went to St. Leo's in Division Two. ended up Drake. Now at Colorado State, uh, did a great job for their staff, recruiting, developing. Mm-hmm. He's got a great mind defensively. So JR is the perfect person to have on our coaching staff because he compliments everybody so well. He's got so many strengths, so much energy and enthusiasm, and He's a rising star, and we're really lucky to have him. Yeah, he's a charismatic guy. I spent about 20 minutes with him a couple of weeks ago, and I, I was blown away. Just He kind of he captures the room when he walks in. He really does, and it's funny because even as a player, he was the guy that everyone wanted to be on his team or yeah. everyone wanted to be around him, and I think in coaching, he's established that same personality that way. Um, I, the other guy I just wanted to mention uh, was Mike. Uh, I, I, just, I've, I figured that you would try and retain him. Uh, you obviously did, but having him, you guys go back to Chipola, right? I mean, or was it even before that? I mean, I just want to paint the picture for fans to know, like, your right-hand man, this is a decades-long relationship. Yeah, even longer than that. Look, Mike and I first crossed paths in what, whatever that was, 03, 04, when okay. we worked together at Chipola. So we're, we're nearing 20 years. Um, when we worked together there, again, just feel like what's so important when you have this opportunity is you surround yourself with people whose strengths complement your strengths. And Micah is extremely organized, detail-oriented, cares so much about student-athletes in our program developing on and off the court. Um, he's great with scheduling and just – Every responsibility Micah puts his best work into and takes so much pride in, and having him here is invaluable. You know, with him and D-Rob both, if, if this wasn't Iowa State, those weren't guys we retained because they were here. Those were guys that we'd have believed would have been the best person for the job no matter where it is because of their expertise, their talent, their work ethic. And I can't say enough positive things about Micah. Um, if anything, maybe he's not a great judge of character with me because he stood up in my wedding. So <laughs> maybe our, the, But we didn't hire him because he's our friend. We didn't hire him because we knew him. We hired him because he's, he's the best uh, in that position. There couldn't be anybody better. Uh, yeah, I would agree. He, he's fantastic. All right. Um, we will, um, real quick, um, the, on the personal side of things, how, what's, what's going on with the family? Cause I know that you're, this is, this is rare where the, um, the spouse of the head coach is actually way more well-known than the head coach here. I mean, Allison's accomplished things that you would only dream of. So are you going to be really creative right now and ask me who'd win in one-on-one or nope. a three-point contest? No, I was going to ask because fans want to get to know you a little bit better. 
Like when are they, like what's going on with the kids? When are we gonna? When we? When are they gonna be up here? All that stuff. I'm just trying to. I, I, no, I'm not doing that cliche stuff. You know me. Well, I'll start. Yeah, how, many, how often do you get that? By the way, I'll start with the fact that um, due to um, you know Allison being as accomplished as she was as a player here, and the fact that her picture's up in the film <laughs> room, and who knows where, uh, as they have reunions on the women's side and things, when they bring her back or what um, recognition she may receive. So I better get off my backside and accomplish something yeah. here in a hurry, because I don't want to lose the bragging rights at home. But we're hopeful uh, to get our family here in the next few weeks. Uh, she's done an amazing job um, in these transitions. I've got the easy job, right? I just come here and just work and just worry about making sure our basketball program is getting better every day. Mm-hmm. She's got the tough job with three kiddos at home with Jason, Olivia, and Stella, making sure that they're on track. So they're excited to get here. Um, we've watched a lot of Cyclone games together as a family, whether it's been women's basketball, men's basketball, yeah. football, whatever we can. So they, they're Cyclones. They were born Cyclones, and they'll always be Cyclones, so can't wait to get them here. The, speaking of that, the former player aspect, uh, I saw a lot of guys when you got the job tweet that they were you know, happy for you, et cetera. Will that, will that be an important part for you? Is getting guys like Matt Thomas and Niang and, I mean, just make it a welcoming place for them to come back whenever. I know that Campbell's done that a lot, I know, with the football program. And I just figure with your – I mean, you've been here for a long time. You have all those connections. How how important will that be for the program? Well, it's, it's really important because it's about the people. It's about the guys that have come before us that have sacrificed the, the blood, sweat, and tears that, you know, the student athletes and former players have put into this program. Coach Prome did a great job of getting a reunion started, something we certainly want to continue. I, I think it's a great gesture and a time to bring guys back and connect. It's also important to me that guys continue to come back on, at other times. You know, that sense of pride they take in the program to come back for a basketball camp or a football mm-hmm. weekend or a golf out, you know, golf outing, whatever it is. And you've seen George really stands out to me and the connections. I mean, from Methune, Massachusetts, I remember going to watch George when we were recruiting him playing his junior year and think now about how much pride he takes in Iowa State being a cyclone, not just the rants he gets in on, on Twitter with yeah. with with uh, the school I won't mention on the eastern side of the state, maybe some of their fans who aren't as educated as George. (laughs) But what I will say is that's the type of pride and passion and brotherhood and family atmosphere we're creating here, and we want to continue to embrace that moving forward. Speaking of football, um, I know McCarney and you have a great relationship. He's spoken. Did he come out to Vegas? I know he went to South Dakota State. Did he? Why do you keep bringing Dan McCarney, in your words, to speak to your teams? There is not anybody I know that brings more passion, more energy, more enthusiasm, and is a better leader than Dan McCarney. We were, I was fortunate to come here as an assistant coach in that first year, and he took me under his wing. We had cyclone tailgate uh, opportunities. We went out and spoke together. I mean, good luck trying to open up yeah. as a first-year head coach, opening up for him. Uh, it's like they got the cane where they're pulling <laughs> me off the stage, and they want less TJ and more, more Coach McCarney. But... The, the principles, the lessons, 
that he's taught uh, as a football coach throughout his years, the character that he exudes, those are things that translate in every program. And what's been really neat to me is to bring him out and give that perspective at South Dakota State, at UNLV. I've also been really appreciative of the job Coach Campbell has done and bringing him back and having him be part of it. I know how appreciative Coach Mack is. So now we're not only going to have him up here in the fall uh, for football at times, we're going to have him up here in the winter for some basketball. So people better get used to seeing him around. Get him out in Hilton with that horn. I don't know if you've seen the horn. I call it the crank horn that they bring out now, and it's like the siren. Yeah. we got to get McCarney doing that. Oh, he, he'll, oh, he'll bring it. That's he, for sure. People love it. I know you talked with Campbell. What was, what was that like? You know, Because who would have thought when you first got here that Iowa State would have a preseason top five football program? It's wild. Well, it's a credit to his, his hard work, his vision, uh, the daily work habits that, that he's put in place. Um, not looking at Iowa State football maybe as much historically of what has happened, but having his own vision and, and making sure that there's an accountability to doing things a certain way every day. You can see that uh, in the time. Uh, we certainly got to know each other over the years. I remember, uh, I think it was four or five years ago when I was a head coach at South Dakota State, there was a, a cyclone get-together in Sioux Falls. And, and I stopped down and he and I had some conversation there about building culture and mm-hmm. how to do that within a program and, and what that means and takes every day and take a lot of pride in, in the success that he's had and seeing uh, him continue to move the program forward and to think of that this is a, a football program that he's taken where in some of these preseason polls they're not that the preseason polls mean everything but it's a, it's a standard where he's elevated this football program too which is really you know really neat to see and I think it helps us that's I what I was going to say how does that help you is it just getting guys on visits and taking them to a game visibility for Iowa State how how is how does that work together well there's been so many successful programs here I mean you look at what coach Finley's done in women's basketball and Christy Johnson Lynch in volleyball and now we're our softball and, and track and all these programs are doing so well for Campbell for Matt to take the program where he's taking it to it gives us a whole different uh, visibility on the national stage I mean when you're playing in big 12 championship games and big time bowl games I mean that that brand and that name recognition gets out there for everybody and so the success other programs have we all lift each other up we're all in this together and for what he's done I mean it makes our job I don't want to say easier but it it gives young people they see what we can do and we can accomplish here in Ames and it's something we're going to certainly look at the blueprint and how he's gone about doing that emulate certain aspects of what they've done but it also really helps elevate you know where we're at with our program as well all right I know you got to get on a call um, but our sponsor graphite construction group really cool they give five hundred dollars to the charity of choice for for all my guests what do you have in mind well, I've been really involved in the Boys and Girls Club um, here in Ames and, you know, Story County. And then just uh, I've done that. It's been something that's been dear to me over the time as a coach, whether it's been South Dakota, Seattle, uh, wherever we've been. So that would be uh, one that's really dear to my heart. And I grew up going to YMCA's and Boys and Girls Club playing basketball as a kid. So it means a lot to me. All right. Thanks for your time, man. Appreciate it. We'll do it again. Thank you. I feel like I've gotten smarter in your presence. <laughs> Yeah, we dripping with sarcasm. We appreciate it. All right, there you go, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I sit down with TJ. Um, fun stuff. I think that uh, we'll continue to do stuff like this, and you guys will really enjoy it. But uh, we thank our sponsor, the Graphite Construction Group. Really cool. Uh, they're giving $500 to the charity of 
choice for all of my guests. We're doing one of these a month. If you have anyone um, Iowa State related, doesn't even have to be who you'd like to hear on the Built a Weed podcast series, uh, feel free to shoot me some different ideas. Uh, I've got a couple other people in mind. I'd like to ask Jamie Pollard to be a part of this at some point. Um, and we'll, we'll keep going from there. But thanks for listening. Please rate, subscribe, review, do all that good stuff for us here. It helps us out at Cyclone Fanatic. Have a great weekend, everybody.